Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 19 of On the Flank. My name is John George. I'm alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. It's been a while. Yeah, it's it's been a year. It's 2019. <laughs> episode 19, the first episode of 2019. Ooh, that Just was not intentional. <laughs> yeah, not intentional at all, but we did it. Is there anyone in the league with the number nineteen that we should be interviewing? Probably. I doubt anyone has. I doubt anyone has nineteen. That's like I. I don't know. I don't know too many number nineteens in sports. Oh, nineteen's an ugly number, if you ask me. They don't have the numbers listed on the Overwatch League website. Otherwise, I would try to filter it there. Jeez, hypocrites! They. <laughs> I thought they liked the numbers. Uh, but Joe, lots, uh, lots has happened. But I could probably sum up the past two weeks that we've missed in two words. Do you know those two words? What are those two words? Hero bans. It's true. That's... And I, <laughs> I don't even know if I can consider that saying what has happened. That's what has been discussed. Yeah. Uh, but not too much news because it's been the holidays. Um, everyone is all up in arms on this hero bands and i'm sorry for you hero band fans out there but we are not going to be talking about that on today's episode um i believe we talked about it in an early episode me and joe were talking that talking about that before uh, we started and i think we talked about it back when seagull's video first came out um i, I mentioned i was into the idea uh maybe we'll maybe we'll do it as one of our big topics eventually but it's obviously a hot topic right now, but I would like some more official discussion of it from Blizzard before me and Joe get into any speculative topics um, for now. But uh, maybe eventually we'll we'll hop on that train, uh, take hero bands as a topic on here if we need it, if it's a slow week. Um, yeah. Do you agree with that, Joe? Should we just wait? Wait it out? That makes sense, yeah. I mean, there's... But probably at this point, not much more that uh, we can say that other people haven't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone's going to take our opinions on it over the countless number of actual Overwatch League players that have chimed in. Um, and I think the players' opinion. I mean, of course, spectators and analysts' opinions matters a lot. Matter a lot too. And I've already said that would add another an level of analysis to the game for for us analysis obviously bands would um but um i I think so much has already been said i have nothing new to add to it Uh, so we're just gonna push to the side for a little bit until it actually happens but joe we had a preseason game kind of this uh past weekend in in korea it was an incheon i believe yeah yeah, yes. Uh, it was Seoul, the Seoul Dynasty, and we got to see our first expansion team in action, the Guangzhou Charge. They ended up tying two to two. Um, we saw some interesting, uh, different lineups come out. We didn't see Fissure come out to start for Seoul. We saw Marvel. Um, some other interesting things is uh, we saw goats. I mean, that's <laughs> that's as interesting as it gets. Yeah. Uh, Joe, what did you think about this little preseason match between these two? But yeah, no, it was cool to watch, uh, and I don't think it was intentional. But yeah, to have uh, to have it end in a tie, you know, that's uh, interesting. You know, uh, have to wait until 
they do have their first matchup here in season two and figure out who actually, uh, you know, might be better. But but no, it was it was cool to watch. Uh, you know, particularly Hanamura went to like seven rounds or something. Um, you know, as two CP is wont to do. But um, but, but yeah, it was it was real cool. Uh, again, watching some of these these back and forths. You know, uh, looking at uh, some of this uh, Guangzhou core. You know, trying to. Uh, you know, fit together and really doing pretty well, honestly. Uh, uh, I was impressed. Um, you know, this tank line, uh, Rio Hotba, uh, in particular. You know, watching them, uh, like you know, even right out of the gate, pretty dominant there on Lisheng Tower first map. But, but yeah, it was cool to watch. Uh, and they had, I think they said uh, three languages um, simultaneously casting uh, for that that match, which was awesome. Uh, and they, they didn't post the English vod until. You know, several days later, but eventually I was able to watch it. Uh, yeah, it was it was good. It was real good to watch. Yeah, I got to watch the. I th- I think I stayed up for all all of it. Um, I don't think it was that late, but I I stayed up for for the whole thing, watched the whole thing, and yeah, it was super. I agree with you. I enjoyed it. I just enjoyed having Overwatch back, and I enjoyed uh, being able to see an expansion team. That was probably my favorite part of it. Of course, Soul. It was sort of their home event. They did it. Um, everyone, the casters were constantly talking about them. I don't know if that had to had to happen because it was an event put on by Soul. Um, but they had tons of changes too and a, a brand new roster. And of course, Soul was supposed to be the best team last year. They didn't even make the playoffs. So um, seeing these changes is, are absolutely huge. But honestly, Soul didn't look too good. Um did not look too good, especially facing sort of a uh, a brand new expansion team ending up tying. Specifically, like you were saying, Ryu, their tank or Rio, their tank line over in Guangzhou. Rio was no matter what other tank was in Marvel or Fissure, Rio was looking better than that other tank. Um, Fissure and Marvel did not look great at all. Uh, <laughs> they they both looked very shaky. I believe Marvel could have been having some some nerves there at first. Um, but Fisher was having some technical problems. <laughs> yeah, Fisher was, of course, having a lot of technical problems. Uh, Always playing a lot the controller. Of P- a lot of PPs uh, in the game. Pause play. That is that was the old Twitch chat meme uh, for this game. <laughs> um, but yeah, that it, it was a fun game. I especially enjoyed seeing Kib and Nero performing so well despite their uh, language barrier over on Guangzhou Char- Guangzhou Charge. Um, yeah, it was fun. It was fun seeing everyone in action. Uh, um, it was kind of crazy to see Fissure not come out first. What do you, what do you think about the fact that they had Marvel out there first and then eventually brought on Fissure and honestly Fissure not performing to his usual standards. I know there's technical problems, but do you take any of that seriously? It was just a preseason game, right? Yeah. Do you, that... do you expect him to start once the season comes? Um, uh, I think they're... Uh, that's that would certainly be uh, I I would assume in Soul's best interest. You know that that's something that they want to uh, try to bring out again, uh, especially in this uh, early season. You know, even just for the for the the how am I going to describe it? Like the the shock value, the star value of it. Uh, uh, to to you know, hey, we've got Fisher. We're going to play him, and you're going to have to deal with that you know but, but yeah this is this was you know preseason this was a show match i'm not i'm not too super uh, 
uh, putting much weight one way or the other on you know what Fisher's doing. But uh, but yeah, it is good to see him. Good to see uh, uh, lots of this the other roster as well. Did they play? Uh, I don't know. But yeah, uh, it, it's good to you know their first real uh, like quote unquote official match. You know, with this new uh, new team. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you couldn't have... These are two great teams to showcase, especially with Soul, all Souls changes in the offseason. Um, Fisher, don't know what to, to... I think it would be hilarious if Fisher, Fisher was on London, got benched, be, got benched, um, went to another team, became one of the best tanks in the league, said he wanted to be on a Korean team again, and then once he got to a Korean team, once again got benched. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I think that would be absolutely hilarious, um, <laughs> because he, uh, it's just like, he, he wasn't happy at, in London because he was benched and then he wasn't happy in LA cause he wanted to be on a Korean team. But every time he goes on to a Korean team, he gets benched. <laughs> that would just be hilarious to me. Well, I mean, they, um, they, they already have Jay Hong. I mean, what, how many more tanks do you need really? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jayhawk's the best tank in the league. Um, Jayhawk could play every position for Soul. That's what they should just... They should clone him, have six Jayhawks, uh, and they can be called the Soul Jayhawks. And, <laughs> there we go. and call it a day. <laughs> but I was pretty impressed by Guangzhou Charge. Uh, looking like Philly Fusion out there, you know, coming together uh, for the first time and, and tying Soul Dynasty. Um especially with all their different languages being spoken. Pretty impressive. I definitely wish I could have seen Eileen on a uh, not Brigida. <laughs> um, but that's just not going to happen right now. Yeah. Um, I also want to point out that one of Guangzhou Charge's coach's name is Ty Dalla, which is <laughs> funny to me. <laughs> um, like a rapper. <laughs> I like it. Okay, uh, anything else to talk about with this preseason, this sort of preseason show match? Mm, I mean, not tons. Yeah, Other I mean, than... nothing we could, nothing we could talk about really with production. It's not going to be Blizzard's production, so it doesn't matter yeah. that much. Uh, the games, it was, if, if anything, watch uh, Route 66. They actually had things other than goats there, and it was fun <laughs> to watch. Um I don't know. And you get you when you watch like three straight maps maps of goats, you're like, oh my god, there's like different heroes in this map, and you get really excited. <laughs> you get play. even more excited. There are, there are DPS heroes. They exist. Yeah, like they these they're these heroes, and they have low like low health, but they do a lot of damage, and it's really cool to see. I didn't even know they existed. But um, yeah, they have if, these abilities that do a lot of damage. If you click on their heads, they die. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> another thing. I like usually when I click, it like heals somebody or it puts up my t my shield or something like that. <laughs> but with these ones, you like kill other people. It's pretty crazy. Um. So yeah, now <laughs> enough complaining about goats. It'll be gone eventually, or maybe we'll just be stuck in goats forever. Um. But let's get to the news. So I don't know how long ago this was now. Well, there's a date on here. <clears throat> December 21st. Yeah, so it's two only days. A couple days after our last two, show. Yeah, two days after our last show, um, we got the 2019 Player Discipline Tracker. 
<laughs> so uh, Joe Joe pointed out when this came out that, that it's kind of weird that they that this isn't just like an article saying oh these people got uh, disciplined. It's this article is going to be updated periodically <laughs> um, <laughs> with with more people that get suspended. Um, so yeah, we got our first first suspensions. There were rumors that suspensions were incoming, and a lot of them. We got seven of them. We got apply from the Florida Mayhem suspended two games for account boosting. Color Hex Boston Uprising suspended two games for account boosting as well. Uh, Crystal suspended one game for account boosting. He is he's on the Spark. You got Neko um, suspended three games for selling an account and obstructing league office invis- investigation. Uh, Ripa, Los Angeles Gladiators, suspended five games for throwing matches and toxicity. Rise, Guangzhou Charge, fined $1,000 for account sharing. And Violet from the Shock, suspended two games for account boosting. So, uh, we got to know, um, we got to know what the Overwatch League thinks is worse uh, than others. They, they really hate throwing matches and toxicity. That's, that's a five gamer. Um, the most surprising thing to me is that Neko only got three games for like selling an account makes sense for three games, but then he also apparently obstructed league office investigation. <laughs> so he was, which which is kind of like running from the cops, which I feel like is even more of an of a punishment. Like I feel like he should get like a five gamer maybe. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's one of those things. Uh, you know that they they didn't give us very many details, so you know it's uh, like talking about the uh, you know two games for boosting versus one game for boosting. You know, surely there's some sort of background there. Maybe there's even a a set process, but we wouldn't know because we don't have a player's handbook. Remember, yeah. back, remember back when that was a hot button issue. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, it's we, yeah, and this throwing matches in toxicity. I think that's an interesting. Uh, infraction to list here for ripa um the, you, you know because uh, whether whether that's a change that they're they're going to now be more uh more intentional about trying to punish that or you know if you know they just did something terrible that that um uh, i personally don't know about but yeah i don't know yeah i don't know about ripa's um I don't know if that was on stream or if that was like his account just got banned for it, maybe. Um, but yeah, as far as the handbook goes, uh, I remember back at the be- very beginning, Nate Nancer was like, "Oh yeah, we'll make that, we'll make that public." Um, and I feel like that's the big reason it's a hot button issue is because everyone was like, remember when Nate Nancer said he would make that public and he never did. Uh, but then he eventually said, well, it's changing literally every day. So making it public would be pointless. Um, yeah. So I've, I imagine when we, when it stabilizes, he'll, he'll make it public, but I don't think that's for a year. That's years down the line because there's still, it's still a changing league. Speaking of an answer, he followed our Twitter. Remember that? Oh, so he could. True. He, he could be listening to this episode right now. Hello, Mister Dancer, <laughs> Commissioner Sir. <laughs> um, tell us why you suspended these people. Um, but yeah, the most interesting to me is Color Hex being suspended for two games because Boston Uprising 
They don't. They only have one DPS. Am, am I correct? Without color hex. Um. Officially, yeah. I mean, Blase. You don't He's really need DPS to... <laughs> in this meta, but but yeah, this, this is true. I thought we were gonna have a long discussion about it, but you're right. <laughs> they, just just let him go. Save him. the money. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, Howl Goats has has ruined conversation. <laughs> um, I swear we're not usually this bitter. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's it's since I honestly I had no I I liked goats because I'm a I'm a tank player and then I watched that preseason match and then I was like okay yeah this is boring and I all of a sudden missed Widowmaker I missed Tracer I watched Surefor's stream yes last night he was playing McCree and Tracer and I was like oh my god I miss these heroes like this is why the game's good I forgot about these heroes um. I'm I'm extra bitter right now. It's weird. It's weird how bitter we are. <laughs> um, but maybe it's just because I think it's because that last patch it was supposed to fix goats and it didn't. It didn't get rid of it. It's still here. Um, so I think we're all extra bitter about goats now because the Brigida got her biggest nerf to date and it didn't matter. It she's still here. <laughs> Okay, anything else to point out? Maybe not a DPS being suspended. Maybe like a tank being suspended and a team is is tankless or something like that. I don't think there's anything too debilitating besides the color hex for Uprising, right? No, I don't think so. And I mean, lots of these you know, suspensions will be over in a week or a week and a half. So, Yeah. Um, someone did point out that and mentioned that since there are 28 games, um, the more games are the more games are more are uh, more important now so losing five games that's a lot that's uh that's a that's a little under a fifth of the season right there for ripa just gone i mean it doesn't matter too much with the gladiators because he's he's the backup support player but um that is a lot five games is a lot this time around it's um, true and that's more than half of a stage right there. So, um, yeah. And I don't know why. So if you account, if you share your account, you are only fined and you're not suspended. Huh. I wonder if the people who were suspended were also fined. Yeah. Probably not. All right. Or it we're, we're might, getting... might be one of those things where, um, uh, like the, the team's action also had an effect on that. Like, um, like with Dallas, you know, that they sort of preemptively um, uh, punished XQC and, like, that sort of thing. I don't know. Yeah. Dang, XQC. I remember those days. The old <laughs> XQC. I um, wonder if he'll he'll be back in the league at some point. Uh, let's see. I think that's it. Anything else to talk about? I mean, there. I think... I think there's more to come. I think people are speculating there's more to come, especially since they released this in in the form of a tracker that makes me feel like they already have more because i feel like they made the decision they were like oh but we have these we have these suspensions but we still have this other list that we haven't decided on yet like we should probably just make a tracker because we eventually are going to release more do you think so uh that makes sense yeah i mean because you, you, yeah, definitely the way they announced it makes you think yeah there's 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 got to be more coming for sure 
Yeah, and there were a bunch of, I can't remember, there were a bunch of players mentioned in Reddit comments and tweets that were like, why didn't this player get suspended? So I imagine there's more. Um, Winter Wonderland, my favorite event. And you know what, Joe? I actually didn't have any time to play any Overwatch during this entire event. How sad is that? Yeah, it's, I, I don't know if you, they had, uh, they had Christmas gift boxes. I don't know if you got those. No, I didn't even get those. Hey, yeah, I don't see know if that's still up or not. It's probably limited time, I guess. Um, see, the thing is, here's the thing. <laughs> What's um, the thing? The thing is, I had to pack up my PC. I, I moved out of Indianapolis about two weeks ago, right, or, right around when this started. Um, moved back to Michigan, had Christmas, had all this stuff I had to do. Went to Florida on vacation. Now I'm back in Michigan. I got back yesterday. Uh, and I'm about to move to LA in two days. Is it worth it to unpack my entire PC just for these boxes? <laughs> eh, I guess there is that. <laughs> because I, it's like literally, I could just do, obviously I don't have to do both monitors. I could just grab one monitor. I could grab the PC out of there. Um, or I could just keep it all packed, not do it. And then, you know, that's, I'm just a lazy guy at this point. <laughs> Um, and I really just wanted it's the feeling you know I wanted to play when it was happening I wanted to play games but the feeling's just not there I was too busy this this Christmas it stunk what did you think of Winter Wonderland you actually got to play Joe you get I, to talk about this I did a bit yeah it was cool um, to you know people are like oh um, none of the events have any new content we, you know, we did get a Blizzard World reskin I mean that's something uh, it's not what people had in mind I'm sure but um, but no it was cool to see uh, that and uh, you know King's Row and Hunter right now, uh, all all the winter skins uh, and the the new winter skins we got. Um, um, yeah, I didn't. Uh, I I think I played last year. I played uh, Snowball Offensive and Yeti Hunt. Uh, this year I didn't just because uh, although I th I think they did add some new achievements with the new achievement sprays, but um, I don't know. I didn't didn't really get into those, but. Uh, who knows? You know, I mean, it's it's over today, uh, probably by the time the show is out, because it's like usually afternoon, evening, uh, Eastern time. But yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of talk about Yeti Hunt this year. Um, that's just a lot of tweets on my timeline. Like, keep Yeti Hunt as a permanent thing. I never played. I've never played Yeti Hunt, so I wouldn't know. Is is Yeti Hunt that fun? Uh, it certainly can be. I mean, there's there's lots of um, strategy to it because the uh, you, you, if you're not careful, you know, you think, oh, the Winston's super OP, but uh, it's uh, it's easy enough to win on both sides. <laughs> okay, and the other thing that that um ended was season thirteen, and then season fourteen began. Two hours later, right, Joe? That was the big change. Yeah. <laughs> Two-hour off-season. They, they basically just got rid of it. Why make it two hours? Why not make it zero hours <laughs> if it's that short? Um, so everyone was... There were complaints. There were people happy. What do you think? What's your position? Should there be a longer off-season? What, what's the point of seasons if there's a two-hour off-season, right? What, what, what do you think about it? Yeah, uh, well, you know, on the one hand, uh, but I do like having the having the season structure, you know, because there's like, uh, you, there can be a reset, uh, 
you, you know after, after a while reset the the top 500 leaderboards reset the uh, the play statistics especially like if you want to um, you know play a different uh, uh, position position in a new season or something but uh, yeah the the off season is interesting because you know I, I think I'm I'm of the uh, of the people that agree that yeah the off season competitive is just quick play but purple essentially and so uh, and so, so it, it does make sense to be able to um, to, to limit that you know if they can uh, you know because then there's I'm sure some some server side things that they have to do to make that reset so um, you know hence the two hour window but uh, I, I mean it wouldn't uh, it wouldn't be bad because again, thinking about the competitive seasons, you know, as a uh, you know, a shift from one period of time to the other is basically all it is right now. There's not much significance there. It would be cool if, and again, we've talked about this. Well, we've kind of talked about this, but um, if they got to a point where they could sync, um, um like some some patch changes or whatever with the competitive seasons um that you know if if that was something they wanted to do um maybe you know don't go with a two-hour off-season build but like have an off-season for a day or something and during that time push out you know for example this this uh shield bash nerf or something uh is it to add another layer of significance to like the resets of the competitive season? Because um, I because I think you know it's valid, that's important, but right now it's um, it doesn't have much uh, significance other than just artificially. Okay, you have to do it again now. Um, yeah, yeah. If the, if, I agree with you. If they synced up more things with the off season and they synced up, they I don't know. They <laughs> what what's happening with the with the season structure it's very weird because it's almost like it doesn't matter to blizzard so why should it matter to us yeah. what what the season and off season are it, they don't they don't do anything around that schedule whatsoever it's it's just a thing that's there kind of um to compare it to other things league of legends does like a season per year basically and it is completely entirely around esports um, so when the LCS starts is when the in-game season starts and when else, when LCS in the worlds ends, that's when the off season begins. So their off seasons like three months almost, and they call it the preseason. Um, and they still have competitive and you can still get a rank and, um, you can still climb. Um, but it's, but p most people use it as a time to like not play their normal heroes kind of and and mess around and figure things out before the actual season starts i think i think that season's way too long because like you're saying joe you want you want different seasons where you can try different strategies and try different roles and different positions and all that stuff um but a, a little bit longer might be nice like i feel like we're just going through seasons like crazy um and they don't even mean anything too much and uh I don't know. I, I don't know what to do about it, but I'm not the game developer, so I don't have to do anything about it. But I, all I know right now is it's not... I don't see the point in it that much. I don't see the point in the current structure, especially if you've just eliminated the off season completely by making it only two hours now. 
Um, maybe having more changes in between seasons, testing, like, I don't know, just test the waters on like how you do competitive kind of each season. And if it doesn't work, you can, I mean, your seasons are only three months. You can always go back. It's, it's not that long in the hindsight. Three months seems like a long time, but we are like on season 14 already. Like it's gone by crazy. Um, and I feel like you're running out of maps to use for your, for your like logos for each season at this point. It's going so fast. It's <laughs> yeah, true. Um, yeah. Anything else to talk about seasons? I don't, I, I'm fortunately much like Siegel. I don't have too many solutions here. All I know is that it's not that satisfying. Anything else? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Other, you know, have a good season 14. <laughs> have to yeah. see what happens here and going into the new year and all that. Oh yeah. Um, happy new years, everyone, by the way, I don't think I said it, uh, but happy 2019. Uh, new, new um twitch mods overwatch contenders new chat moderation um so they they announced a a new chat moderation program um and they they made a nice little article there um test they said they're testing out new ways to improve the viewer experience uh for the path to pro and they're going to be trialing a new chat moderation program uh, requires users who wish to participate in Twitch chat to link both their BlizzardBattle.net and Twitch accounts. Um, so this is going to be trialed during the Season 3 quarterfinal matches across all regions, uh, which have already started. Uh, they started back in December, such a long time ago, December 28th. Uh, the Path to Pro team will then evaluate the program's overall effect on creating a more positive viewing experience. Um, so y y you have to now log in to your BlizzardBattle.net account on your Twitch account in order to use the, the chat for contenders. Don't know if this is eventually going to go to Overwatch League itself. Um, but for now, if you want to watch contenders and you want to chat, you got to log in to your... You, you have to be a Battle.net uh, user as well. Uh, what do you, what do you think about this, Joe? It's, it's an interesting, um, interesting approach that they're doing, you know, cause whether, um, th th there's sort of two ways they could go about this and maybe, you know, they'll do one or the other or both, uh, or maybe neither. I don't know, but that they could either look at this t to say that if your, um, BattleNet account is not in good standing, uh, then you'll have, limited interactions on twitch you know whether they they ban you from chat or they restrict your chat somehow whatever um or they could look at the other way around and say you know if um, um you're having problems uh, on twitch and you know you, you've been uh you've been banned from a chat or you've been um specifically the contender chat i assume uh or you know silenced by a mod or something like that somehow they can action your uh your overwatch account uh, so like I said, they could do one or both or neither of those things. But uh, to to have that uh, to have that available is super interesting because um, you know they've talked about you know oh, we want to reduce toxicity in the community whatever. Uh, clearly, uh, to Twitch chat you know that was even a factor you know last season uh, Overwatch League that uh, that was. Uh, I'm sure this is something they've been thinking about. Uh, for a while, and so I don't know if this is, um, if this is an effort to try to 
um, like sort of tame <laughs> Twitch chat uh, to an extent. I mean, which which can be valuable, especially the more uh, the more this contenders and uh, Overwatch League eventually um, uh, is going more and more mainstream to have to have a little bit more control over the uh, the chat. You know, you can be valuable. Uh, obviously, people aren't going to like it, but uh, you know, those are the people who would be. <laughs> uh, you, you know, would have would have their accounts uh, threatened anyway. So I mean, yeah. uh, you just have to not be stupid in Twitch chat, which is you know sometimes yeah. easier said than done. <laughs> I mean, contenders chat has been like brutal, kind of to some people. Um, people getting banned for saying words that are like not that, not bad at all, kind of just because it's remotely in in the way. But yeah, I mean, Blizzard is is all out like we don't want people to view this as like just a bunch of children and sometimes twitch chat can definitely seem like it's just a bunch of children um by the way they spam stuff and um can sometimes be uh, a little racist a little bit racist which is unfortunate um you don't want to see things like that so it's always good when blizzard says has has more control over the chat like you are saying um and they're they're starting this on contenders might eventually move up to Overwatch League. I think they want more people chatting in Overwatch League. Um, and if you have this requirement, there are going to be less people chatting just because it takes effort to connect an, an account for some people, and they don't want to do it. Um, when and in in reality, it's not even that big of a deal. I think most there are a lot of people who already have their Battle.net account. Um, connected if you're a twitch prime member you've connected your battle.net account to get twitch prime goodies um if you bought the all all access pass i believe you had to connect your battle.net account to get those goodies so there are probably a lot of already especially people who watch contenders i'm guessing a lot of them already have their battle.net account connected so it's not that big of a deal but um it, uh, they pro- they'll probably eventually move this up to Overwatch League if it works out well. Okay, anything else to say about this moderation? Uh, I don't think so, no. We're moving uh, right along. <laughs> moving right along to some sad news. Uh, mistakes. Yeah, Mr. Mistakes, the old Boston Uprising man who ended up not wanting to stay with Boston Uprising, uh, has retired from professional overwatch um he he cited lack of motivation and some health issues uh made him make this decision he had a nice little twit longer out there um yeah just uh i can't believe he's gone especially after that i mean he came in he replaced dream casper very very well he he got a little shaky towards the end but um he ended up being there for that perfect stage the only perfect stage in overwatch league history now um it's crazy that he's he's already gone are you are you surprised by this at all i mean you know based on what we know about uh you know about mistakes sort of off season off season in the end of his season i mean it makes sense you know we talked about that he he wanted to be um uh, uh dropped from boston but yeah it, it is a shame you know that uh, I think he definitely would have had success. Um, the, uh, I, I always wanted to see him play with uh, uh, with Shadowburn, you know, have Paris pick him up maybe, but um, just like he did in the uh, Overwatch World Cup. But 
but, but no, it, it is a shame uh, that uh, we won't be able to see more of him uh, again, because I know we were both uh, relatively confused when Boston dropped him. You know, we wanted uh, we wanted to see more more mistakes coming out, definitely. But uh, you know, it's it, clearly this is what this is what he was uh, clearly this is what he wanted to do, and this is um, you know wishing him the best uh, going into whatever he's doing now. Yeah. Um. Yeah, mistakes. Sad. Sad to see him go. I'm always sad when someone someone has has left. Um, especially someone like mistakes who I think could have fit on someone's roster. Um, so it stinks. But uh, yeah, that's that's all we got for the news this week. Um, we're gonna get back into our season two preview since we missed a week. Uh, we got to do three teams now for two weeks instead of the usual two teams we've done um, each week till until the week before the season when we are going to do our final power rankings, kind of. Um, we have been taking two teams in the Overwatch League and previewing their season two so far. We have done the Shanghai Dragons, the Vancouver uh, Titans, the Dallas Fuel, the Houston Outlaws, the London Spitfire, and the Atlanta Reign. If you want to go check out uh, those episodes, it's across three different episodes at the end of each episode. Um, so go check those out. I already previewed those teams if those are one of your teams and you did not listen. Uh, now we are previewing three teams instead of two since we did miss an episode. We usually do one Pacific, one Atlantic. Today we're doing two Atlantic, one Pacific. Uh, so let's let's get right into our first team, which is the Boston Uprising. Uh, a great little transition there with mistakes. Um, the, the Boston Uprising. So with each team, we go through four things. We give them an off-season grade, what changes they made. Um, we we grade their changes kind of. We, we predict what their standout players are going to be, who their standout players are going to be uh, for this season. Then we tell you some anticipated matchups we have for them, and then we let you know do we do we think they're going to do better, worse, or about the same compared to season one? Um, and for the expansion teams, we'll just give you uh, a placement uh, in the final standings that we believe they they'll be around since they didn't have a season one. Boston Uprising, uh, Joe, what? How'd you like their off season? Yeah, so uh, Boston. Uh, came into, uh, just doing some quick math here, came into the offseason with 10 players, uh, then dropped five and added five. So they're still sitting at 10, uh, but we lost Kalios, uh, Striker, Mistakes, uh, Snow, and Avast, uh, but then have signed since uh, Fusions from British Hurricane, Axion from Toronto Esports, uh, Blase from Gladiators Legion, uh, Color Hex uh, from Sydney Drop Bears, and Alamal uh, from based tryhards contender south america uh, also from uh uh blizz or uh team brazil from the Overwatch world cup i think but yes uh but yeah so this is gonna definitely um you know 50 percent new boston uprising now uh, we've got you know people like uh gamsu and note who will now be playing alongside um you know fusions and color hex it's gonna be um this super cool combination i think um Notably, they've got uh, four support players um, and four um, tank slash you know off tank 
type flex uh, players, which is interesting. Again, when them with their DPS duo, but uh, uh, you, you know, striker they lost. That was a shame. Um, you, you know, it's, it's part of this weird um, off season stuff that's, that's been going on with Boston already. You know, I mean, that can factor into the grades probably, honestly, but. Uh, but yeah, this is. Uh, I think overall, you know, with the talent that they lost, but this is um, probably an upgrade for them. I think to have um, this kind of flexibility. I mean, you know, we saw Fusions play uh, in the World Cup. Fusions excellent main tank. Uh, uh, also, training thought. But but yes. So I, I think this the roster roster decisions here for Boston uh, definitely an improvement. Uh, it's it's a shame to see some of the losses we had, but. You know that's um, again almost just a part of uh, another factor into that off season. But so d just despite the rough, despite the despite the rough edges, I think you know they get a uh, we'll, we'll give them a B plus for off season chaos. But uh, but the the roster itself, I think, is a is an upgrade for them. Oh wow! I mean, with, considering the situations, that's because there were situations. Yes, there were situations for sure. Um, you definitely could look at it that way, though. I, I hadn't looked at it that way before. I mean, you have you you lose Striker, who, I mean, how valuable is Striker on Boston Uprising when he doesn't want to play for Boston Uprising? Um, you do you could look at it that way. Like, is Strike Striker's one of the best players in the league? I think we can all agree on that. Striker is is like top ten, honestly, players in the league, maybe. Um. But is he top 10 if he's sitting there on Boston Uprising, not wanting to play for Boston Uprising and upset at uh, the upper management and the coaching of Boston Uprising for how they treat the players? Um, that's a good question. Same with Mistakes, who who obviously didn't want to be there either. I think Striker and Mistakes are probably two of the most talented players you could lose in the offseason which stink for Boston Uprising. And I think Blase and Color Hex do not match their skill level whatsoever. Um, but it's GOATS season, <laughs> which sucks for uh, a lot of other teams who have DPS players. Boston, if GOATS stays stays relevant, um, it doesn't even matter if GOATS is, is dominant like it is now. If GOATS is still a good comp, like their team could be great at it because they've got great tanks, they've got great supports. Um, so if Goats is a viable comp, it doesn't even have to be a good comp. If it's viable, it doesn't even even have to be the best comp. Boston Uprising's got a good, good Goats comp. Lots of people putting Boston in like their bottom three of the power rankings. I don't think I agree with that. We, I don't think you should fall for that trick like you did last year, everybody. Um, <laughs> I mean, Hex is, Hex came out with the same thing last year. A bunch of players we didn't know, and then we knew super well by the end of the season. I think he's doing almost the same exact thing here with players that aren't from, no players picked up in the offseason from Korean contenders, which is where everybody was going. Um, player picked up from EU contenders, two from NA, an Australia contenders, and a South American player. Like, nobody else picked up Australian or a South American player. Like, there's got to be something good about these two um, for him to pick them up. Um, so I'm going to go with, like, I, I have to go with, like, a B- minus here. I'm close to giving it a C+, plus because... 
I just have to give them a bad grade. I feel like losing Stryker and be having such poor management that Stryker wants to leave is sad. Like that's one of the best players in the league and you're losing him. Um, but honestly, from how much of a mess their off season was, the players they got in, re- in return, I think are pretty promising, especially someone like fusions, um, who, who we've seen how good he is. And I like blase. And I think color hex is going to surprise some people, uh, once he's done being suspended. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to actually, I'll move it down to a C plus just because losing mistakes and striker is is rough and i don't think blase and, and color hex are as good as those two dps but uh, as far as tank and support goes losing a vast and snow was no big deal and losing Kalios wasn't that big of a deal either and they only got upgrades in those positions so i'm gonna give it a, i'm gonna give it a c plus for boston uprising but i don't think it's an f i think most people will give this an f honestly uh, i i don't think you guys have learned from what hex did last year okay What's next? The standout players. Who do, who do you think is going to be? We'll just go one. Let's go one each. Who is the MVP of Boston Uprising in 2019, Joe? That's a good question. I think uh, certainly, the you know we, we've we've thought about you know who is the MVP, but also we've asked this question just in terms of uh, like who are you really wanting to watch? And I think definitely for me for Boston uh, season two, I'm really wanting to watch Fusions. Uh, getting there in the uh, the main tank position, I think um, you know we've seen how really really solid he is. Uh, again, playing for Team UK, playing um, in all these sorts of situations, and I think uh, to be able to come in there alongside again Gamsu on the main tank, uh, uh, note you know really excellent off tank player, um, and, and just to see where he fits in on the squad, this could be really exciting. Yeah, uh, I I couldn't agree with you more, but I'm going to go Color Hex like I was saying before. I think Color Hex is going to surprise a lot of people. Um, I think over on his his partner DPS Blase, I think he'll be an average DPS, but I think I think Color Hex is going to surprise a lot of people over there in Australian contenders representing the Aussies, um, doing well. I mean, playing well while doing it. Good old uh, Color Hex is going to be performing super well for Boston, I think, uh, in 2019. Um, but I think Boston is a this year a, a team team, not a one player team or anything like that. I really think they are a uh, think the team the teamwork is gonna be what carries Boston if anything carries them, not a player. Um, anticipated matchups for Boston. They've been in the league. They've got some previous rivalries at the ready. Which ones are you looking most for forward to? Um, I mean, let's see, because uh, obviously Boston New York is going to be good. Um, again, you know, if we're looking at a, a season two final or a season one final matchup uh, sort of thing, uh, you know, whether whether Boston and New York are comparable, you know, teams is a different question. But uh, to, to watch that, that'll be cool. Um, and then obviously um, uh, Boston Shock. <laughs> that's uh, that's a cross divisional match. There, uh, it's going to be really cool watching. Um, Striker up against his former team, um, you know. I've, uh, I think you, you really kind of got to give the edge to Shock there, but you know, we'll we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, um, I enjoy. 
I think both obviously you're right with those two. Those are the those are the two main ones. I enjoy seeing Boston versus Philly as well. I think that's always a great matchup. Boston gets anyone in their division is pretty good just because um the Atlantic's got some uh pretty good teams at the top. Um and Boston Boston was there for most of most of their games uh against those other those other players. Um but yeah, all the, I mean, Stryker's the only one that got cut that's left in the league, really. The other four players, nowhere to be found. Mistakes, of course, retiring. Um, so they got no other p- previous rivalries because of that. But I think everyone, I don't, I think Boston's going to be a villain this year after all this offseason stuff that has come out about Hex. Uh, and I don't think Hex cares. I think Hex really likes being the villain. Um, the, the players, like Straker, Straker did not want to be the villain. <laughs> that's that's kind of why he left. So we'll see if maybe they got players that enjoy being the villain. I mean, they got uh, Color Hex, who's, who's already suspended. So maybe they do. Um, but yeah, I, Boston against almost anyone can be a fun game and exciting matchup especially last after last year. Do you think they're going to do better, the same, or worse? They did pretty well last year. Would they finish like f- uh, fifth like or sixth? Fifth or sixth, I think. <laughs> probably, yeah. should, probably should know. But, uh, you, know, it's, you know, it's whether uh, whether they finish that, you know, on the back of, uh, let's see, I'm looking at this, playoffs. Uh, third. Third. Yeah, that's what they, they credit him here. Um, oh, well, but yeah, in the so overall standings, record, yeah, they were placed third. third, 26 and 14. Um, but yeah, so again, whether that was, uh, you know, arguably that's on the, on the back of, uh, this super strong stage three that they had. Um, but yeah, so will, will they do, uh, will they do that good again? I think, um, we talked about, you know, the, uh, how unpredictable, um, Boston was at the beginning of season one and, and, you know, super, super underrated. And then um, some of this player talent just came out. And I think certainly there's the potential for that to happen again. Um, Again, with lots of these, um, again, now half the team is uh, uh, rookies, uh, you know, contenders players, uh, that sort of thing that there, there is the potential, I think um, for this kind of growth, um, you know, clearly something worked for them last season, but I I can't imagine, um, I don't know. I would. It would be surprising if that happened. I think that's that's fair to say. I would be surprised. Uh, so yeah, I think they're uh, probably going to finish a little bit lower than third. Uh, although they 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 do have the potential to be uh, a decent team. I think uh, with some of this uh, the experience they are bringing through. Uh, again, I got to mention uh, like Gamsu Note there in the tank lines. This uh, it's a really strong combo there. Yeah. Um... Getting third, kind of crazy, right? <laughs> when you look back, you're like, "Wow, they got they got third in the yeah. season standings." That's crazy, especially after uh, their stage four, in which they went four and six. So they kind of finished on like a bad, a bad streak. But after stage three, they were really up high in those standings. That they went ten and zero. I mean, you, that's just that's just very good. Um, this one's an easy one. They definitely are not going to get third. Um, It'd be insane if they did. Uh, I think they'll do worse. I don't know how much worse you got. Well, we're going to get to our power rankings eventually. I don't know exactly how much worse, but I do think they'll do worse than they did last year. 
Especially, I mean, you just added so much more talent in this league, too. It's going to be super hard to get third again with 20 teams now and losing two of your best players in the offseason. Chung Du Hunters, we move over to the Pacific. We move over to another expansion team. Um, we've already did Vancouver in the Pacific. Now we're moving over to the Chung Du Hunters. Some of our least favorite colors in the offseason, Joe. But will they have our least favorite? favorite roster what do you think about their roster of course their offseason was just picking up the roster um what do you think about it yeah so uh look at the Chengdu roster they've got nine players uh, again not including silk thread because silk thread isn't on the team uh, once we once we hear people like uber uh you know uber doa whoever pronouncing these uh team members' names will know a little bit better, but uh, I'll try my hand at it. Here we got Chengdu, um, their roster, we're looking at Lei Young, uh, again from uh, Team China in the Overwatch World Cup, um, Ameng and Elsa in the tank position, uh, Bacon Jack, Jinmu, and Yang Zhao Log, uh, or I guess that's just LG at the end. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, on their DPS, uh, and Evil Tall, Kyo, or Kyo, and Gary uh, playing support here for Chengdu. Uh, and so again, lots of uh, names from Chinese contenders. Uh, in fact, I th this is an all-Chinese roster. Uh, that's important to note. Or at least it's all-Chinese well, all uh, players who came from Chinese teams. Um, and then also Bacon Jack is Taiwanese. Uh, so I guess I don't know about their actual nationalities. but um, Yeah, they're all, they're all Chinese except Bacon Jack who's Taiwanese. There you go. Uh, but yes, yeah, so, so that is important to know. We'll have to see, um, you know, whether um, Chengdu can sort of break that stigma that got built. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, again lots of contenders' names, um, and so partly because of that, I don't know much, uh, much to say about this team other than uh, you, you know just have to see some of their uh, first few matchups um, and to, to before we actually determine. Uh, what actually is going to go on with them, I think. See, it's hard to say. Yeah. Um, I don't think Chengdu, out of all the expansion teams, I think Chengdu, alongside maybe Washington, got some of the... I mean, even Washington got some, like, names, you know? Washington got some names that were familiar and that are big. I feel like Chengdu didn't really do that. They got a bunch of players that we were all if we knew these players I mean these names are familiar and the names I see I'm like and and that I know I'm like mm, meh like they're okay um, I wasn't really impressed when I when I saw their names pop up or on the Chinese um, or on Team China for only late young I think um, but yeah going, going all Chinese contenders going most Chinese I mean one Taiwanese eight Chinese players is risky, especially after what Shanghai did. Um, and when Owen 40, it's definitely risky, but I, I don't think that I think they'll win games. I, I've, I'm not super impressed with their roster compared to the rest of the expansion teams, especially. Um, and I think out of, I'll come out and say, um, this is, I want to like make sure before I say this, <laughs> I do think this is my least favorite roster in the Pacific division. Um, 
that being said, Pacific Division has a very stacked lineup this this year. I, I think everyone said that last year too, but I do as of now. I think most of the Pacific Division has some very good teams. Chengdu's going to have to play all those teams twice, um, and I don't like Chengdu's chances playing all those teams twice based off their roster. So I'll give their off season a, a fat old D. Um. Yeah, rough for the Chengdu hunt, Chengdu hunters. It's their colors, their stupid colors. Any standout players, Joe? Golden orange. Uh, the you know for me uh, again, it's gonna have to uh, come off of that uh, Chinese World Cup team, which you know we did really did uh, outperform what a lot of people were expecting. I think it's fair to say. Uh, so looking at uh, late young and evil tall in particular, um, I was just watching. Uh, Actually, this morning I was watching Jane's uh, review of Canada versus China, uh, and yeah, it was just one of those things that uh, they definitely got uh, some really cool stuff to bring to this team. I think, uh, for what that's worth. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Those are the only two players I'm super familiar with, um, so I can't really. I, if I predict anyone else, it's it's literally going to be out of thin air. So. Um, yeah, I'll predict. A, I'll I'll go I'll go the same direction as you there, um, and I I mean they made World Cup teams, so you can't den- I, you you can't deny that they're probably two of the best talents on there, especially since everyone else is Chinese too. So, um, they 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 made that roster. Uh, anticipated matchups for the Chengdu Hunters. Uh, of course, they're an expansion team, so there's no previous rivalries. Uh, I think the two most obvious ones are probably um, Guangzhou and Hangzhou, right? Yeah, the other Chinese <laughs> expansion teams. I mean, <laughs> Shanghai. Yeah, um, just any Chinese team. That's all we got is location for this one, basically. And this is, and it's especially going to be important for Chengdu, but since they got that almost full Chinese roster, they're going to want to beat those Chinese teams that decided, oh no, we would like Korean rosters, not Chinese rosters. So. Uh, this is gonna be—it's gonna be a thing of pride for Chengdu this season. Um, do, do you have any other anticipated matchups? Because I—I I don't. Maybe, maybe like who did, who did China? Who did China play in the World Cup? That maybe you could uh, connect that. I mean Canada, <laughs> <laughs> which is uh, agilities. You go uh, the valiant, sure forward, the gladiators. <laughs> Yeah, there's lots of different teams there. But yeah, I don't know, maybe Chengdu uh, uh, Philly just to watch the oranges clash. <laughs> yeah, the better oranges Philly. <laughs> that, that'll that'll look like something up on the big screen. Chengdu, <laughs> uh, San Francisco with San Francisco's new ugly gray Ooh, background yeah, on, the, on the big screen. <laughs> Speaking of Philly. Yeah. It's time to preview your favorite team, Joe, the Philadelphia Fusion. Pretty unfair that I made you wait, especially after we previewed my favorite team, like, immediately, right? It's um, true. <laughs> Philadelphia Fusion. Off-season great. So this team, wow, this team, if we're going based off final standings, they got sixth, right? But if we're going, if we're going based off playoff position, this team got second, technically, right, Joe? That's the, true. That's the story you're pushing. <laughs> that's the one that matters yeah <laughs> yeah um so not too much additions to the team for the philadelphia fusions a, a lot of losses in the offseason you want to go over those 
Yeah, we trimmed down from uh, from 12 to 9 here at the um, essentially the end of the off seasons where we're at. Um, uh, cut Shadowburn, who's now on, uh, I about said Team Paris, but no, Paris Eternal. Uh, Joe Meister uh, retires to a sort of coaching position. I, don't, or I think he's LFT coach. Uh, cut Dayfly and Hotbud now. He's playing for Guangzhou Charge. Um, but and then they have signed Elk uh, from Fusion University. He's now a two-way player uh, with Fusion University and Philadelphia Fusion, which is cool. Uh, but so then left behind we have Fraggy Sato in the main tank position. Uh, Carpe Snillo EQO. All three of them actually Snillo is two ways. Um, also with Fusion University um, as of this. Uh, contender season. Actually, I bet that's true. I, I wonder if that's a thing that you can change every contender season, because presumably those will be shorter than Overwatch League seasons. But at any rate, for this for this current season, at least Snillo is a two way player there, um, and then now Elk, Boombox, and Neptuno, uh, and also Poco Poco there for the uh, flex tank. But Elk, Elk, Boombox, and Neptuno on support. Uh, and so yeah, talking about the weaknesses of this. Uh, of this team, you know, coming out of season one, uh, th- there wasn't tons. <laughs> I mean, um, I-, I think people would probably say uh, the support line was uh, w- w- was pr- probably the weakest thing, which is saying something because this this is with uh, you know boomboxes and Neptuno's battle mercy. But um, the addition of Elka that's super going to help. Um, we talked about uh, you know Neptuno feeling a little bit uh, worn out there at the end of season one, going into uh, uh, not being able to play for Team Spain in the World Cup. Uh, but you know, I mean, Carpe EQO. That's that's one of I think uh, I, I, don't, I don't. I'm not even being biased saying that that's one of the best DPS pairs in the league, uh, without a doubt. Um, and then having the tank flexibility, Fraggy Poco, um, and then also um, you know presumably Sato Poco. I guess uh, you just used to be Sato Hot, but but um, having that kind of flexibility um, and two main tanks who aren't suspended going into the beginning of the season is. It's gonna be it's gonna be good, um, definitely for this team. Yeah, uh, Philadelphia Fusion. I'd give them an A. Honestly, they just cut, they trimmed the fat, uh, added added another support, which is like you were saying, the position people believe they were lacking out most. And um, yeah, I still believe that Carpe and EQO single handedly carried this team to to the championship their dps i i can't agree more with you their dps line one of the best in the league uh carpe and EQO are insane cutting shadow burns not that big of a deal because of that it would be a big deal on probably any other team any other team um, <laughs> yeah like shadow a great player it's it's stunk that he got benched but eq and carpe are fantastic players you can't you can't uh you can't penalize Philadelphia Fusion for doing nothing this offseason, honestly. Um Yeah, I, I, I give him a, a nice a nice little A. Uh standout players. Who do you do you think it's it's the Carpe show again, Joe? Any 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 new uh any new names stand out? I mean, uh uh, you talk about yeah the Carpe show I, you know season one uh, Philly Fusion you know lived or died based on Carpe uh, in lots of different cases you know the, when he was when he was really uh, doing well that was when they were finding success uh, you know even uh, uh, you, you know playing some Zarya there at the end of the season but uh, the, I think one of the one of the players I'm going to watch be watching the most I think though is Elk um, definitely coming in on this. Again, support line, um, 
you know, he was, uh, he actually played a really big, uh, like in-game leader type role on Fusion University. I want to see um, if he starts to um, to pick that up uh, also now for the uh, for the regular team for Philly Fusion and just being able to see uh, what what he's able to add to this team because it sh- should be pretty good, I think. Yeah, uh, I I agree with you there. I I'm gonna point out EQL because I think his story is. It's quite quite amazing just just finding just another player you find at the at the World Cup and I I I love those stories I love players being found at the World Cup out of nowhere it's players who weren't even in the tier two tier three scene that they that just come out of nowhere and and someone says hey that guy's got talent let's pick him up um, and that was another story last year I think EQO only gets better from here on out. Um, I I'll point them out. Philadelphia Fusion's got a a hell of a roster, though. Um, I, I can't admit that. Um, maybe these additions won't be. Maybe not changing anything won't be enough based off all the changes everyone else made and all the new players picked up. But I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, as far as offseason grade, I want to go back for a second to talk about Zachary because. <laughs> Uh, of course, he was on Fusion University, and Philadelphia um, sort of had first dibs on him because of that, but he ended up going to Dallas. Uh, that just shows how confident they are in Carpe and EQO. Um, he, those two are, are amazing, and it stinks that they had all these DPS Shadowburn. They had Zachary available to them, and they had to turn both of them down kind of uh, just because just because of how good their DPS line already is anticipated matchups joe what do you look at who are you looking forward to facing as a fusion fan this season i mean you know it's got to be philly new york um but, but yeah so philly new york but also philly london uh that's that london's sort of a given but i'm going to say philly new york um you know they played like twice or three times probably three times last season um and they were all very exciting as i recall um uh, uh, you know, with my personal bias, you know, those are definitely two of the best teams in the league. I want to really see how that uh, is able to play out here going into season two. Yeah, uh, I'll point out Philly Houston is always one of my favorite just because um, my brother is a big Philly fan. I'm a big Houston fan. Um, we we always watch those. We, we would watch those games together, whether we were together or not. We would discord chat while they were going on. But uh those are always fun for me personally. But if I had to go, uh, if I had to stretch out the one matchup uh, when Dallas plays Philly, when Zachary meets his, his parent team, the Philadelphia Fusion, I think that's going to be an interesting one. Can he prove that he's better than Carpe and EQL? And the Fusion should have picked him up. Should be an interesting battle for sure. Uh, but yeah, Philadelphia's, Philadelphia puts up a fight against almost every team. That's the one thing about them. Uh, compared to season one, of course, if we're talking, uh, uh, let's talk. Let's talk like not their final position in the standings, which was we could talk both actually. As far as final position in the standings go, do you think they'll do better or so the same? Sixth place. Mm, I, I mean, uh, you, you talk about the teams that we're adding uh, this season. Uh, I, I, we've already gone over several, um, and I think it's fair to say that a good portion of them are probably uh, 
unfortunately, you know, we're looking at bottom half teams talking we're talking about the value of the experience. Um, having I haven't gone through the first season already to uh, be able to bring that with you going into season two, but uh, yes. So talking about are are they going to be able to improve uh, improve from sixth? I think um, certainly season one was um, you, you know a set of set of conditions. You know whether that was the meta or whatever that really favored them. Um, and, and so I want to see how they're able to take that and go into. Um, season two, obviously, we're we're basically looking at stage one ghosts at this point. Um, you know, beyond that, who knows? But uh, but being able to see how they how they apply to that, but I think absolutely they do have the potential um, to 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 improve that a bit. You know, we're, um, there's still going to be lots of teams um, sort of hovering at the top, but, uh, but but Philly is definitely one of them. I think. Yeah, um, sixth. I mean, if we trans. If we translated that to like this year, it would kind of be tenth place, right? Because sixth is like right in the middle last year. It's true. Um, I I think Philly is going to be top half. Um, so uh, if we're talking if we're talking them getting sixth place, I think that's right about where they're going to get. I think that I think they'll I think they'll do the same. Um, do I think they'll make the semi or the finals match again? I don't think so. Uh, so if we're talking better or worse in playoffs, I think they'll do a little bit worse. There's just too much talent, too much new talent. Um, and Philly didn't change that much. Um, and I don't know how good Philly is at goats. We didn't, it's weird. The other day I thought something came up and I realized the finals, people weren't even playing goats. Really. It wasn't oppressive at all. The playoffs and the finals. So we haven't seen these, these overwatch league teams play goats actually. Uh, until the Guangzhou and Seoul now. So um, I don't know how good Philly is at goats. I don't think anyone really does except for the people who have seen them scrim goats. So, um, But based off of their talent and assuming that goats is, if at most, only going to be played for one stage, hopefully, uh, I think Philly should be top half again in the standings. Um, those are three teams. Uh and that's that's the episode. We're finally back, Joe. How does it feel to be back after that that nice little episode? It's pretty good. We've got uh, what six, seven weeks till the season starts. Seven weeks tomorrow. Oh boy, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And uh, the next time we record an episode, I will be in Los Angeles. Officially moved there, um, and hopefully I can get tickets to go to go to opening week. I would love to do it. Um. But yeah, 2019 is going to be a great year for us, Joe. I, I guarantee it. We already tweeted that we wanted to get more interviews, and I believe we're already lining up one now. We said to interview an Owl Pro. This is not an Owl Pro. Um, but I think we, we've already got uh, an interview lined up soon, sometime this month. Uh, so so get ready for that. Uh, but that this has been episode 19. Um, as far as social media goes, you can follow us on our personal Twitter accounts. Mine is at JWGeorgeIV. Joe's is at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. That's I-N-C. We have a show Twitter account at OnTheFlankShow. You can also email us, OnTheFlankShow at gmail.com with topics you would like us to talk about. If you don't want to use email, you can also tweet at us. You are listening to this in one way, but if you want to listen to it in another, we are also on OnTheFlank.Podbean.com on your internet browser. We are also on my YouTube channel which is John George. The best way to find it is going to be going on my Twitter account. 
Um, we are on iTunes and Apple Podcasts if you're an iPhone user. If you're an Android user, we're on Spotify. We're on Google Play. Um, thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week. <laughs>